You're listening to a fresh new podcast from the owner of the celebrity acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Okay, this is the pregnancy episode. And my first episode back in 10 months. Wowza. (laughs) And... It's Evan's first episode. Ever. Ever. And I'm so excited. Well, okay. I do want to preface because people have always asked, like, why isn't Evan, why hasn't Evan been on the podcast? Um, And I was thinking about this last night when I got the ambition to record this podcast. Um, It came from a place of wanting to really portray our relationship and something about us that I feel is super strong and like all the other topics that we would have ever talked about would have been business or like a romantic relationship. And I felt like we've been through so much in those categories and those categories are so challenging and have been for us. Um, But this category our pregnancy story. I feel like we've been, we've just been so much on the same team. Mm-hmm. It's been like a really seamless process for us and a really beautiful one. Um, and I wanted to share some of my experiences of pregnancy and I was hoping that you could help me remember them. I will. <laughs> <laughs> do you agree on that sort of Sentiment. synopsis? Yeah, I yeah. do. You know, like... We've had Raw Republic together for nine years, for those of you who don't know. Um, we've been together for 12, 12 years. <laughs> 12 or 13, since 09. 12 or 13 years. And um, yeah, the journey of those experiences have been wonderful, but very um, up and down. We've learned a lot. And pregnancy has been a really creative time where I feel like I'll be able to sort of distill a lot of the ideas that have come to me about sharing business experiences and things like that. Um, like I've, I've been given a good perspective on how to do that whilst just sort of like being centered in this pregnancy experience. But okay, so let's tell everyone how we got pregnant. <laughs> well, well, kids. <laughs> How did we get pregnant? <laughs> well, where do you, where do you start? Do you start with I know, the stuff right? That you wow. Leading up to well, it I guess or? let's say like first of all, having a family has always been something that's been really exciting to you. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't um, necessarily ever thought, oh, I'm going to have a baby, or oh, I'm going to get pregnant. Like, I've, th- I've thought that for you, but you didn't think of it for yourself. <laughs> You've always wanted to have a family. I always wanted you to get pregnant with a child, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess my mindset has always been like, if I want something, I'm going to go get it and it's going to be done and it'll be easy. And um, But I don't really project into my future very often. I don't really say, okay this is what I want my wedding to look like. This is what I want my future home to look like. That's not me. For you, that was true. For family. For me, that was not. So 
what I would focus on was usually like what was right in front of me, which a lot of times was like dealing with my hormonal issues or dealing with business, like dealing with health issues. Like um, a lot of people who listen to this podcast know I've had a lot of like irregular periods, irregular bleeding, things like that. Um, And I sort of, that was a lot of my impetus to, to create Raw Republic was to create a space where I was focused on healing through products that could also help other people and be, you know, a convenient and viable business along the way. Um, So that was my focus. And also, I never felt like we were in a stable enough place to say like, oh, now's a good time. Stable enough place in terms of business. Like business has always been a a big challenge for me where I've never felt super... um, grounded, super stable. Um, the ups and downs of it really challenge me. So I think if, I think that I really appreciate that you've brought that masculine focus to our experience of getting pregnant, whereby like, (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) say you took it upon yourself to get us pregnant, (laughs) but (laughs) you didn't make sure that it didn't happen. Mm. No. No, like it was, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely that masculine force between us. That's like focused and direct and maybe like thoughtless in the pursuit of just what your mission is, which, you know, a lot of masculine mission is procreation. For some, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) well isn't that sort of the definition of masculinity depending on who you ask these days I guess (laughs) yeah I guess that's I mean if you're not if you're not being like um you really just like if you're you're looking at masculine feminine feminine like negative and positive like just very um objective in in its definition like my perspective of masculinity is just focused, directive, like get things done, mm. task oriented. Feminine is more, and like I, I can look at it in sort of a shape. Like masculine would be an arrow, feminine would be a circle. Mm-hmm. I see. I understand what you're saying, but I guess at the same time, I've kind of approached the process of you getting pregnant and us starting a family, maybe a little bit more feminine than you would think in in that I kind of showed up for it but allowed it to happen in its own in its own timing in its own way it wasn't a lot of force on my part I don't think <laughs> maybe maybe more in comparison to you for sure yeah. but not to an extreme okay so that makes sense um and then also I don't, I think that you have sort of that fearless aspect to you as well. Whereas like, I think if I were the one with the penis and the semen, (laughs) I would have been a little bit more afraid or weary of that power Hmm. to create something. Well, I think I kind of got lulled into a false sense of security with um, the state of things with your cycle not being regular I think it um, I kind of had in the back of my mind like it was going to be more difficult for you to conceive Mm -hmm. given everything you've been through yeah 
Um, and there was definitely some false alarms along the way, but they always... I don't recollect these. I promise you. <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there were at least a, a handful of pregnancy <laughs> tests you took in the last decade. I really? Promise you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But they, they were all negative. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it sort of reinforced that, you know, it wasn't going to be this easy thing. It, I don't know. Just in my mind, it wasn't something that I had to be weary of. Yeah. I think if I had thought that those pregnancy tests had a real option of being positive in the past, maybe I would have been a little bit more like careful as well. Because again, I was just saying, you know, I didn't feel like we didn't have a house. We didn't have like, a stable income with our business, all those things, like none of those pieces of the puzzle would have been complete for me in a way that would have made me feel like, oh, okay, now's a good time. But the second that the pregnancy test said positive, <laughs> Perla, chill. She's so jealous. Our dog is going nuts right now. Um, wanting us to do this. The second that the pregnancy test said positive, mm-hmm. The reflection of that to where we were in life made everything besides that seem like a non-priority or a non-issue, like I guess. You know, like the things that I was just describing, like the things that weren't in place, you know, that weren't ideal, that, you know, should have felt more secure. Like, I don't know, for me, it felt like this gift of the universe that brought a sense of calm in in those aspects to my life. I don't know if everyone experiences, I, I guess you experienced the, for me, I experienced the polarity of that because I experienced like the, the lessening of the stress of those other things. Um, and also like their greater intent, maybe like my, a greater intensity to, expand and like create more of that stability but not in the same feeling that it always had like it not in that with that stressful undertone like there was some sense of calm because there was this huge sense of excitement um this is I felt like it was the the greatest gift of excitement I've ever been given in my life mm-hmm. well it definitely shifted all, all of our priorities it became something for me different than the way business has felt or personal finances or any of the stuff that we've been working on. It was a like a totally new yeah. frequency that came in with this. Yeah. Um, the I mean, just, yeah, not expecting to get pregnant. I guess, have we said that? Like we weren't trying to get pregnant? Well, I will say that you, maybe you weren't planning on having a family in the in, on the timeline that maybe I was hoping to, uh-huh. but you were, like you had said, you were working on your feminine health and, and getting your body to the place of being able to, because I think you did even if you weren't 100% on board, you knew that I was. Yeah. And you knew that you wanted to have the option to show up in that way in our relationship. Yeah. To, to create that eventually. Yeah. So I think... I don't even know if I knew that I wanted that. <gasps> our 
Carla. It's okay. I don't even know if I knew that I wanted that. Um, I think that there's just something about my soul that surrendered and allowed it to happen. Because, again, like, my brain is just so strong. I think that I still, like, I could have manipulated so many thoughts to preventing this next step from taking place. And um, I'm just so grateful that it that it did because it's changed my life. Like, the experience of it has completely changed my life. And um, a lot of the, the things that I've talked to people about since then... Um, are to not like build your, try not to build your security out in such a way that you diminish your experience. Like, um, does that make sense? Do you, do you know what I'm saying by that? Like, walk, walk it out a little more. Like, I, I think before this experience of like a spontaneous pregnancy, we'll call it that, (laughs) um, I thought that I could control my experience of life in such a way where I could, um, I could avoid, you know, certain experiences so that I could avoid potential pain, you know, um, like if you don't have, a deep personal relationship with another person, then maybe you avoid the pain. If you don't, you know, have a baby, maybe you avoid the pain of, of what that experience is. Does that make sense? Yes. Maybe if you don't um, start a business, then you can avoid the pain of what that failure might be like mm-hmm. should that happen. Um, and I think in some ways I would, I used to inspire people to like go for it. But then in other ways I used to inspire people to like say to themselves, is this really for me? Is this really totally aligned with me? And I don't know if my answer to that question would have always been yes. Like pregnancy Mm -hmm. is aligned with me. Well, I think that you show up for life the best you can doing the things that you, you feel like you're being called to do or the things that you're trying to create. Um, with intention and yet the best things that have happened in my life including meeting you and even just the way we got our our dog um they sort of happen on their own without a lot of control and mm-hmm. um there is a level of showing up for the the receiving of these gifts i guess but um they do feel like they've come on their own. Yeah. Outside of us being gifted to us instead of us really trying to create it from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, yeah. But I do think that you can block certain things like that from happening. Yeah. That's what I was saying. You have to still, there is an element of showing up to receive it, but. Yeah. And like take maybe taking a chance. Yeah. You could live small and not show up. Not have your arms out, your hands out to receive. Well, I wanted to also document a lot of my experiences of pregnancy and I was going to kind of go in chronological order. Um, (laughs) But now that we're at 39 weeks pregnant, you know, I'm so 
irritable. Mm. And you I was are? just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to really And tell. I was just thinking, you know, like what what is the way that we you would like, um, you know, avoid depth and interaction. And the first thing that came to mind was like, you know, just being, um, remaining in solitude, not developing relationships and things like that. And that is exactly the way that I feel right now. Just mm-hmm. that I want to be so seclusive and like, is that a word? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I just don't want to talk to anyone. Everyone's secluded. aggravating me. Secluded. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've kind of gone, I've ebbed and flowed in that feeling during pregnancy. And um, that was another reason why I wanted you to do this podcast with me because I felt like my only stable, safe, secure space has been with you. That's sweet. Yeah. I mean, even though it's not that we've gotten along the whole time or that it's, you know, been easy the whole time, but... I think we've gotten along pretty well. I do too. I feel like we've gotten closer. Yeah. We have sort of, um, the team has gotten stronger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, like it just feels like we're totally on the same team with this experience in a way that, you know, in any other category of life, we've had so many, we've had disagreements and like different perspectives, but like this project has been us on the same team. Yeah. It, I mean, we definitely, we may not have been completely on the same page before you got pregnant, but once it was official and we saw that first. Um, Relating to pregnancy, you mean? Yeah. Once you, once we saw that first sonic, what's it called? Ultrasound. Yeah. Once we saw the first ultrasound, it was sort of like we both bought in yeah. completely to and committing I'll, to this. Yeah. And I will say, like, I think what's helped us has been the challenges of other aspects of our life and relationship because we've had to sort of, we've had to configure challenging things. And we've also had to figure, we'd have to, we'd had, we'd had to witness each other's strengths in those categories, in those different aspects of life. So I feel like when it came time for, you know, decisions to be made and opinions to be had, you sort of trusted like the ways that you've seen me excel Mm -hmm. in life and in the world. You've trusted like my instinct. You've trusted um, my knowledge about health. You've trusted my opinions about, you know, us choosing, you know, more natural um, practices during our pregnancy. You've just trusted... I think over 12 years, I've just learned to trust you with everything. No. Yeah. Let Sheena take the wheel. No. Well. For the most part. You know, but on the other hand, I've also learned to trust you and your capacity to hold space for us. And, and, you know, as we sort of get nearer and nearer birth time, like my, my biggest challenge is to like lean into the fact that you are the guardian of our space in that way. Like that's what I've chosen. Um, that's what your role is in our family in a way that works for our dynamic where you're the space holder, you're the strength, you're the guardian, you're the, um, warrior in a lot of ways. And, um, when I think about giving birth and thinking, think about you being in that, 
frequency for us, um, that's what gives me a lot of strength to know that we'll be okay no matter what. And you're saying that through us going through everything we've been through in the past, you've been able to witness that those aspects of me become a reality or, or show themselves through different trials and For sure. you, f- you feel more confident yeah. in that having witnessed it already. Yeah. So I've witnessed you, you know, overcome a lot of challenges in your life personally. I've witnessed you, um, d- well, you physically as well have changed so much over the course of our relationship, like your strength and your like, your form and all those things that you focused on have like actually come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Like, so the creativeness of who you are um, is something that like, I just have a lot of respect for and I'm drawn to and, and, um, and just, I am attracted to. So Mm -hmm. like that attraction, I think is magnetic in this like familial connection that we have. And so when I think about someone who I'd want to be there in my most vulnerable state, it's the person that I feel is both strong and the person that I'm connected to mm-hmm. magnetically. And how. <laughs> and what? And how. What do you mean? A, Sexually? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or just whatever, magnetically, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's so let's go through I like well, some, some of I I am um I definitely feel honored and, and just so excited to be showing up in that capacity for us and our family on that day that she comes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to like also have this be sort of a documentation of the last nine or ten months just like some of the highlights and some of the things that (laughs) we've gone through and I've experienced Mm -hmm. Um, maybe some of the things that are unusual or some of the I don't know because I feel like I'm going to forget everything you won't you have a good memory but I'll forget everything so you want to go from the top? <laughs> Let's just go like trimester to trimester. Okay, first trimester. Yeah, and what we'll, was that like? We'll preface this by, <laughs> I think you you and I, um, but specifically you, in the years leading up to getting pregnant, I think you have done so much for your health and vitality through your diet and supplements and just sort of... Um, different practices of, I guess, biohacking, you could call it, just the different tools that we've come to use and vitamin supplements and all of the things. Um, I think you really started off on a strong foot with where you were physically. Um, So first trimester when you found out you were pregnant and in the time where I think a lot of women experience nausea and sort of that morning sickness stage, you were, you decided to take prenatals and how, how long into, you were feeling a little nauseous at first. Yeah. Well, right when we found out we were pregnant, I was like, 
holy shit. So I went into like, I was in a little bit of a fear mode of like, I was not prepared for this. Like what I didn't feel like, oh my God, I'm the healthiest person on the earth. So I was like. <clears throat> when maybe you should have considered that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wish I would have had a little bit more confidence at the beginning because I immediately jumped into like texting every um, wellness person that I know, like asking for their the lists of vitamins and supplements and minerals that they took when they were pregnant. I had like th- a three-page spreadsheet going re- regarding like what different people took, where they got the supplements from um, and all those things. And I ordered everything immediately and Yeah, I did start taking a prenatal, but also like some minerals and some fat-soluble vitamins and things like that. And um, the prenatal wasn't working for me. And Well, you were starting to experience nausea. Yeah. um, Pretty strong bouts of it. You you never got sick. You never never physically got sick, but you were, I would say, uncomfortable. And it wasn't just in the morning. It would hit you in waves throughout the day. Yeah. And also I was like, needing more food like I definitely that was starting to change too yeah but like, I think the the whole point in saying all of this is that when you stop taking specifically the prenatals the nausea went away yeah um and that that propelled me into sort of researching that prenatals are not for everyone they're made for you know mass consumerism and you know potentially the b vitamins and a lot of um prenatals are not methylated in a way that many people can break down. So sometimes forcing that prenatal for some people isn't a good idea. Like maybe finding something that's more aligned with you or maybe just finding, you know, the minerals or the fat soluble vitamins, or, you know, if you really are trusting that your nutrition is like top notch, just leaning on that, you know? And I don't want to talk too much about that because I don't want people to take like my protocol and think that that's what they should do. Um, So I'd rather give some references of people who I think are smarter in those categories, like relating to minerals and pregnancy. Yeah. We're not giving advice. We're just recalling (laughs) what what happened for you. Yeah. Um, But I definitely had, you know, a, a huge change in, like the way that I ate for sure. In the first trimester. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which sort of continued. Like I kind of, I never, I wouldn't say that I really overate and I wouldn't say that I really like craved things that were out of alignment with the quality of food that I wanted really. No, Um, it would just swing quite, quite (laughs) hard on, on the cravings you were having. Yeah, especially in literally the first, from minute to minute, it would go from at the beginning, right? Pickles. If I wasn't feeling well, in one minute to I need nachos, nachos, to, crawfish, mm, crawfish <laughs> in January. Yeah, um, yeah, but you know, the the resources that I will say were super helpful is I um, a fellow juice bar owner who will be on the podcast this season. She sent me a book called um, Pregnancy Nutrition by Lily Nichols, I think, or Real Food Nutrition for Pregnancy. Um, So that book, um, this person who has a program called, I think it's called Muscles and Motherhood. She talks a lot about minerals in pregnancy. And then also um, the it's called the brewer's diet and like people who have sort of studied that, that protocol. 
um, those three umbrellas of nutrition just sort of helped me to feel more at ease with eating more than I had in the past, like more protein, more, um, just more of things that had my perspective of like what I ate been broader. Like I, I might've just craved them naturally, but, um, you definitely, a, you're definitely eating a lot of protein, craving a lot of protein at the beginning, mm-hmm. like tons of eggs. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that, that like got me over the threshold of like, not being protein deficient, which helped me to not be nauseous mm, and sick. Of th- I do think that that helped. Like, and I won't say that I felt great during the first trimester. I felt like a little bit tired, um, a little bit nauseous, but I didn't feel terrible. Like, yeah, I think for the most part, as soon as you stopped taking the prenatal specifically, you were you felt great. Yeah, and I think it was um, for me. It was fun, sort of running around and feeding your yeah. cravings, like. <laughs> Just being able to sort of provide the wide array of the things that you were wanting. It was yeah. kind of fun. You were going hard on the watermelon for a little while. Holy crap, I know. <laughs> what else? What else were you going nuts with? And and people would ask, and people have asked the whole time that I've been pregnant, like, what have you been craving? And it was never like, watermelon was a consistent one for a long period of time, but there was nothing um, in the like... the first, first trimester into the second trimester, the... Breakfast I would make you, I probably made it for you 25 times, was a sort of a morning fruit salad. <laughs> a lot of was, people know because I post about it you a post lot. It, all right, so it'll be Sheena's <laughs> morning like a raw fruit food, salad. Fruit salad with avocado. Avocado. What else is in it? It's grapefruit, apples, bananas, avocado, and then the grapefruit juice. And a little honey and a little sea salt. I didn't like it with the honey. Well, every now and then I would put I it in. I did like you a really little salt. <laughs> <laughs> I liked a little salt. Um, and then, you know, back to those couple of resources for nutrition, the brewer's diet um, definitely says, you know, to have enough salt. And that's a very, it's sort of a controversial perspective because a lot of people who um, are informed by the medical industry are told not to have sodium because of the incre- because they believe it increases the blood pressure. The perspective of the brewer's diet is that you have to build so much blood, which requires so many minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have enough minerals, the volume of blood reduces, which causes your blood pressure to go up because you're your heart, you you have to push harder to move less blood than you do to, to move. Like they gave the example of like a hose that has like just a little bit of water in it versus like a hose full of water. It's, it's harder and the blood pressure, the pressure has to build to move less blood. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the components that are necessary to build the volume of blood that you need to build to support another being, um, the brewer's diet argument is that um, that's what causes high blood pressure. And you didn't go crazy with the salt, but you definitely yeah. consumed a decent bit. And we're talking high quality salt, yeah. sea salt. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't afraid to like salt my food. No. <laughs> and you did great. Yeah, I have. Um, I also took Quinton minerals that we mm-hmm. have at Raw Republic from Quicksilver, which has sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. Um, 
I focused a lot on minerals. I, I got had some minerals from upgraded formulas. Um, that founder will be on this season of the podcast as well, mm-hmm. um, Barton Scott. So you'll hear you'll hear about that. Um, not just specific to pregnancy, but just the importance of minerals. And then also like the fruit juices and things like that at Raw Republic, like our light green juice, our watermelon juice. Like I would have, I remember at the beginning too, I wanted to have B vitamins. I wanted to supplement with B vitamins. So I would take um, the MSW, like a half, half of a boost, which has methylated Shout out B to vitamins. MSW. Which has methylated B vitamins and some C. Um and I would add that to like a lemon tonic almost every morning. But yeah, so first trimester was like pretty seamless. Mm-hmm. I had to get through my sister's wedding without telling anyone that, that I was, was pregnant, <laughs> including was my sister. But that was a good memory for us because... Yeah, it was really special. We went to New Orleans and out of all of our friends and family that we were there celebrating your sister's wedding with, we were the only two that knew of what was going on inside of you. And <laughs> it was really cool to watch the wedding from that pew in the church knowing that, you know, it was two people I was looking at when you were standing next to your sister. <laughs> it yeah. was kind of, I, I, um, I'm glad we took those, those pictures we got to take with her. Cause it'll always remind me of that, that moment in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was probably like six or eight weeks pregnant then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was around Thanksgiving. And then we wanted to wait until we got a sonogram um, to tell ultrasound, I think they're the What's same. What's the difference? Okay, I think they're the same. Um, <laughs> we kind of just wanted to like confirm that we had a heartbeat, um, that it was real, like because mm-hmm. neither of us thought that it was. Um, despite it was hard des- to believe, despite me <laughs> insisting that you take how many? Four, four, different. two of which were faulty. <laughs> four pregnancy tests, two didn't work. Yeah, or out of the box, just duds. <laughs> broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that was pretty much first trimester in a bottle. I was um, also like another thing that I did, um, which I was grateful for. Um, Well, first of all, I was working, you know, five days, five to six days a week in the retail store in Austin. So I was interacting with a lot of people and I did feel like there was this magical synchronicity of like when I needed information about pregnancy, it would walk in through the door. Yeah, you had a couple of really cool interactions, synchronistic yeah. things that happened. Yeah, so one of those things right at the beginning was someone telling me that they had um, signed up at a birthing center for like all their prenatal everythings. Um, and in New Orleans, that's, you know, where my family lives, where I grew up. Um, the only other place that I've lived for a significant amount of time, like there are no birthing centers or they're very few or they're um, just inside of a hospital. So um, I was thankful for that resource and I immediately, we immediately went there and toured and we're just like, you know, signed up immediately. And had I been a little bit less fearful, I think my process probably would have been to find a midwife to do it at home because I've read so many books. I've, you know, and I don't necessarily think that the birthing center experience in terms of like um, tools and things like that are much different than having a midwife at home. Mm -hmm. And I've said, you know, throughout the process that 
it's been comforting to have somewhat of a structure through the birthing center, like a prenatal structure where like you go in it's at also certain new, times. It's also new and coming at you so fast that I think we decided... Oh, right. For it was a just happy like, medium. Who do we freaking call? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, you know, because neither one of us. You don't know what you don't know, and you're learning in real time a whole bunch of stuff. So it exactly. helps to, to lean on people that have. Right. Have that experience. Right. And and the more that I talked about it, especially here in Austin, I mean, you know, so many of our customers and friends have home births and home birth experiences with midwives and um, just, you know, it's great because that resource is there. And then also I ha- we have family here who've had very traditional births. Like, should we have wanted to go that route either? Like, we really were provided the gamut of information. And so, um, but yeah, we have signed up with a birthing center. We've done, you know, similar, probably similar types of appointments to people who have a traditional OBGYN in terms of like timing. So we did that first ultrasound at the beginning um, and then an anatomy scan at 20 weeks where you, I think, started to feel like this is real. Yeah, that was um, that was such a magical day, <laughs> the anatomy scan day. Yeah, yeah, because we had gone and gotten the first ultrasound, and obviously didn't too early to know the sex. Um, but she was what she was as big as a little lima bean. She wasn't very big, <laughs> right? And then we go back for the anatomy scan, and she's a full blown little girl inside of you with a fully developed spinal cord and feet and hands and a little nose and it was just like to be able to peek into that world through that through those machines was just yeah it really hit me pretty hard (laughs) yeah I can't remember like if I could feel her at that time but I can imagine it's it's a totally different experience for someone who's not growing the baby but is part of the baby. Hmm. Yeah. It's because even for me, there are sometimes there have been times during pregnancy where it's like it doesn't feel real. Um it felt real after that day. It doesn't feel um okay, so in my prior life before getting pregnant, I'd say I leaned my hat on being a very intuitive person. Like I could tune into other people's energy. I could get information about them. I could give them information about themselves. I could see beyond things that they could see about themselves. You hung your hat. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've done um, intuitive practice, intuitive energetic healings on people. And it's been very validating to be able to do that you know that's a totally different conversation that I do want to have one day as to like whether or not that's particularly helpful Mm. I don't know that it is Um, more than anything I think it's just validating that it's that there's a possibility of doing that but I don't know if it's um, how do you say it like um, violating I don't know if it's violating anyway my experience with holding this baby has been such that um, I haven't been I haven't been given the opportunity, or maybe I've like blocked the opportunity to be intuitive about her. Like I 
don't know if I made the decision. I don't want to influence this child and who she is and like what she wants to be and what she wants to do. I want to just like expand on what develops through her. Mm -hmm. And so like maybe making that decision has just like sort of blocked that intuitiveness relating to this being. Um, Because almost nothing that, nothing except for the sex did I have a feeling on or knowing mm. um, like this has been a really grounding experience for me. This has been like in my body, um, faith, trust, um, stability in a way that like doesn't make sense because it's not a stable process. Also fear, like real fear of being alive like the real fear and danger of being a human, like that's real. And that's a part of like being grounded, like the realistic nature of that. The fact that this isn't like a safe place. Um, but it's interesting because I don't know, I feel I've felt more like I can walk in the direction of who I am because of being more grounded through this experience. Um, but I'll say like it's changed from being like from operating in the crown chakra to operating as like a fully lit person. That's awesome. Have I not described that to you? I think I've probably seen it, but I don't yeah. know if you've put it into words like that. Yeah. Whereas you have had the opposite. Yeah. In relation to this her. little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many years ago was that? Two, <laughs> I think a couple, a year and a half or two well, also, years. Also, let me just preface this by saying I want to do another podcast on how we picked her name. So, oh, God. Don't say her name. Okay. I won't. <laughs> um, yeah. A couple, two years before we moved to Austin. So, 2017 or 2018. Um, I had had a an experience with a particular psychedelic um, that I'll just keep it short and sweet. Sort of offered me up this vision in my mind's eye of this little girl looking back at me, and in that space, when I went to ask the question of who is this little girl, there was just this immediate answer and knowing that it was my daughter looking back at me. And out of all the things I've seen in that psychedelic space, I would say that in particular stands out as being one of the most profound sort of visceral experiences that I've physically felt in my body, just like um, almost so powerful that it scared me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just like this, um, the amount of love that I had for this person I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very fleeting, it, it was only a few seconds. Um, but yeah, I had, I had that vision however many years ago to so for this pregnancy to play out the way that it has. And for us to find out that we are in fact having a girl has been pretty amazing, like <laughs> <laughs> pretty surreal. Um, but in a way, I guess I've, in a, in a sense, seen her already. 
So maybe I've kind of brought that into the space for us a bit so that, you know, maybe, maybe you're not grasping for it as hard because you kind of know that I've already seen it or I've already described her to you in some way. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my brain, before we found out for sure, my brain was like, you know, don't be so sure. This is a 50, 50 thing in terms of gender, like what, you know, boy or girl, um, but our family had just known, like meaning me and you, we had just known the whole time that it was a girl. Um, so after the anatomy scan, when we found out that in fact it was, it was that confirmation was again, like, I don't even know how to, it was so magical. Was that second trimester when we found out? So 20 weeks, I guess that was... 20 weeks, I think, is second trimester. Is yeah. yeah. At the beginning of the second I trimester. I think it's like zero to 18 and then 18 to 30. I don't know. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> around around that time. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that um, for as many times as I've seen you smile and or um, experience happiness and joy and or joy since we've been together, that moment when we opened that envelope and read girl <laughs> on a on a blue post-it <laughs> right. note such a psych out um i would say that was the happiest i've ever seen you yeah yeah this um it the whole experience has been it's like uh, i don't know how to describe it just felt like I didn't know that I was worthy of this, these types of gifts and feelings, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't know how to just, or just that maybe like my design doesn't experience a lot of excitement. You know, maybe my, you know, I, I love human design. And so I refer to being a manifester quite often. And so manifestors initiate and they create a lot of that um, spontaneity in the world and a lot of the, the newness. And so maybe, you know, I don't know, like maybe it's part of my design that like I'm not the one that gets to experience the newness I'm, because I'm the one that creates it. Mm. Um, but this experience for me, yeah, it was like greatest gift, greatest excitement and has been in the so kinda, many ways. And I think I used to say this to you back when we were dating and we would talk about having children and you would kind of be back and forth on the fence a little bit about it. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't really know if that's for me or yeah, you weren't really like a hundred percent on it. Um, but I would, I think I would say to you that like, once it happens, I know that that's, that it's going to be something that you are all about. Yeah. And I think that that is true. Once it, yeah. once it came to fruition in that way, I think you realized how much you actually did want it. Yeah. And that's another example of of me leaning into like the knowingness and the stability of you and the strength of you is like some of those things, yeah, that you'd always said that I just sort of brushed off, Um, like feeling grounded in your knowingness too. Mm -hmm. You know, this um, getting pregnant, it being a girl, like us creating a family and being able to, you know, get to the point that we've gotten to. Mm Mm-hmm has given me a lot of confidence in us, but also in you in the fact that you've always known that we could and just shown me that it just been a deeper example of like 
your fearlessness in living, you know, like such a good balance for me um, where I've created a lot of apprehension in, in a lot of ways. Um, but yes, definitely like the most joy-filled um, body, like grounded moments of my life have happened in the last 10 months. <laughs> yeah, I would say for what, like two weeks after finding out we were having a girl, it felt like every morning we were just <laughs> having to pinch ourselves. It felt like we won the lottery or something. Still, I think that we've been, I mean, yeah, I'm about to get into the complaints, I think, like if we have <laughs> enough time, um, because it's not all physically easy. It's not all emotionally easy. Um, well, you want to keep going with, Go into the second trimester and into the third. You want to keep doing it chronologically like that. Well, we did second trimester check. Well, second trimester was a little bit more, as far as um, food goes. You were experiencing a lot more. You weren't getting enough <laughs> calorie. Oh, you weren't eating true. enough. That's true. Yeah. So you were. Um, you had some bouts with a little dizziness and. Yep, that's true. I definitely. Um, you were eating like you always eat, but you found out that you actually had to be eating more. Right. And like, it wasn't a joke. No. <laughs> and like, and I'm glad that I had the resources that I had because I think that had I just continued doing what I was doing and not really like leaning into, okay, my value system is like feeding myself through quality food, um, having a range of food, a range of minerals, vitamins, nutrients, like that's my value system. So leaning into like that, which means something to me and learning more about that in order to support myself instead of like, you know, calling the birthing center, calling the midwives or, you know, and creating um, a scenario where maybe like they're checking me at, in a place where I'm not nutrient satient um, and saying something like, you know, you have hypoglycemia or you have, I don't know, low blood pressure. I don't know what I would have been, you know, quote unquote diagnosed with. Right. Um, I feel really grateful that I had the confidence to sort of like navigate that on my own through food and supplementation. And I don't recommend that for everyone. Like most people. You need- are very intuitive and I feel like you, you had an idea of what was needed yeah. and stepped into it and it ended up being what you needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those resources that I listed earlier helped for sure. Um, listening to a good podca- podcast on the brewer's diet was good. Um, leaning into like the, the health people that I feel provide expansive health knowledge was helpful as well. And then just like navigating my own path through that, which I, talk to people a lot about um but it's one thing to to like say that you need to be tuned into what you need and to actually feel confident enough to do it especially in a time when like you feel vulnerable and you feel like every decision that you make impacts the health of this being um but at the end of the day like really you are your own best health advocate and you do like I do think that the healthiest people in the world have a lot of confidence in the decisions that they make themselves based on what resonates most deeply with them. Um, and that's a challenging thing. Well, when you read so many things, so many articles and books, it's like the about what has happened to all of these different pregnant women throughout all of this span of time. It's so everybody's so different. So 
what happened, you know, to this group of women may be completely different than what's happening to you. And exactly. you can't really, you have to yeah. be in tune with, with you and your process of it. Not always just buy into, oh, if, if, if I'm feeling this, then it's definitely this. It might not be. Yeah. And I go through those, I go through those challenges as well where I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I'm diagnosing myself with some disease or something. Like I've, I'm not, um, <laughs> I'm not, um, how do you say it? Like I'm not above that experience. That experience still happens to me. I still, yeah, me too. Know, um, but yeah, so second trimester was pretty easy. Um, sorry. Second trimester was pretty easy, right, babe? Like, I felt good. Um, I looked good. You wanted me to get pregnancy photos taken because you thought that I was going to (laughs) get, you were like, you're going to grow so much that you're not going to want pictures taken. So we got, we got pictures to how, what was that? Like six or six months, six and a half months pregnant. Around there. Yeah. Yeah. And like looking back on those photos, it was like, that wasn't even a bump. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bump, but it's way more of a bump now. (laughs) I just wanted some professional pictures done because I didn't want to be which we've never done I didn't want to just rely on the only the pictures on my phone of your pregnancy but like in the history of our relationship we've never done that so that was like a sweet gesture and thought that I thought we had so we did that second trimester the food thing we had to figure out like um your sleep kind of started getting a little sleep changed like when um I wasn't eating enough and I could see like Low blood sugar. You were waking up in the middle of the night and needing to like crush nuts and protein to go back to sleep, right? Right. Um, Right. And, you know, even even though I'd say like the birthing center and the midwives are definitely more in alignment with my values in terms of holistic health and natural wellness and things like that, they still like their level of knowledge and understanding about things like that were still somewhat limited to like their answer to that would have been in a lot of ways. Um, you know, pregnancy insomnia is totally normal. Like you can take this over the counter medication to help you sleep. And whereas like I knew and understood about me, like this is like my body's asking for something. Mm -hmm. Um, it takes a lot of like reflection and a lot of work. And I, and I, totally understand like people who just want like someone to answer their questions for them. I think because like this is my world and this is my um, uh, my passion and my work and all those things, like I think it was just another experience of delving deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like energy level super high. Oh yeah, you were, you did really amazing. You were going, you working out with um, a lady that was taking you through sort of like pregnancy safe workouts right. twice a week right. for the whole pregnancy. You mm-hmm. had a really great amount of energy and you never suffered from fatigue. I don't feel like maybe at the end of certain days you would be a little more tired than normal, but during the day you you really had a lot of energy. I did. And especially in the second trimester, I feel yeah. like you were really... 
hitting, hitting a stride. Yeah. Um, as my belly started to grow, I'll say emotionally, like I remember we would go on walks in the afternoon with our dog. And I remember telling you, like, I'm so nervous about, you know, my body changing and like not going back to where it was, you know, cause I was really connected to the way that, and still am, like, I still really hope that, you know, that, <laughs> that I get to experience, you know, feeling tight and like, you know, strong and not bloated. You will. Um, but that is a, that was definitely a real emotional um, experience for me feeling that, you know, you're, you're feeling your body expand and you're having to weigh yourself every time you go to the, the doctor or the birth or the midwife or whatever. And, um, and that's really hard. That was really hard for me, like, because I'd associated so much of my, um, value with, um, you know, like what I weighed and what I looked like and things like that. Oh, it's probably just out of space. It's Mm. okay. Um, so I would say, and then the only last thing about that time is you were kind of like having a little bit of, you were growing pretty fast week to week. And I think you started having round ligament pain. Oh yeah. I did have round ligament pain. Like that was a physical pain. Um, so that is like, that's the ligament. I don't know what it connects, what to what, but like, basically if you're looking at your belly button, I think it it's just flanks the sides of your belly. Um, and so like I would feel that when I got up and sometimes, yeah, definitely like needing to go to the chiropractor, getting, making sure that my hips were in alignment and and that helped a lot. It helped. And then I would feel it like if the baby would have a growth spurt, I would feel it. And then like my body would get used to that size mm-hmm. and then another growth spurt would happen. I'd feel it. And then it would get used to that size, but it was, it wasn't. It wasn't debilitating. It wasn't debilitating, it wasn't, but it wasn't. It was manageable, but it, it certainly was uncomfortable. Um, and then now that we're <laughs> like a week away from giving birth, like those lower pains are like just constant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but again, like for me, I feel really fortunate because it is manageable. I do think it's been helpful to like stay active, you know, like I was working, um, like on my feet, like five days a week up until two weeks ago. Um, I think that that is a good thing. Um, going on walks, just like kind of staying in motion, like staying on the bouncy ball and like (laughs) just being okay with like knowing, yeah, when you sit for a long period of time and then get up, it doesn't feel the easiest, but like keeping that motion going likely is keeping everything sort of hydrated. And yeah. so I don't know. I think that mindset has been helpful in keeping me feeling good. And yeah, I mean, in comparison to the whole pregnancy, this like these last two weeks that this has been like the, the most amount of discomfort. Um, but again, it's still manageable. And to be expected. I guess. The home stretches. I don't think anybody's like over the moon about the last, the final weeks of pregnancy. Yeah. It's usually uncomfortable. I guess. You're at your biggest. The baby is at its biggest. Yeah. You start to feel really impatient. I, 
you know, I don't feel that impatient because I feel like there, again, there are like still so many things that we could do like and organize and prepare mentally for, but like I'm over reading the baby books. I'm over educating myself. Like it just like, whatever, I'll figure it out, you know? And, and I do find that like tuning into other people and like other people tuning into me has been so annoying especially you don't like, like you don't like 20 texts a day asking if the baby's here yet so there's that and then there's what started you know like when i started showing which is just like oh my god that constant attention of that well while, to be fair you do you work in a you own and work in a retail space where you're seeing many people every single day so your exposure to that is a lot higher than most because of that? I don't know, babe. I've had checkout people at the grocery store come walk around <laughs> their little thing and touch my stomach. Like there are definite things that are just like, you know, and sometimes you can laugh it off, but then sometimes, and and I don't think, let me also say like, I take a lot of res- personal responsibility for my feelings and emotions. Like if I feel this particular way, it's really my problem. Uh, I'm not expecting other people to change their behaviors or People shouldn't ask pregnant people, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm just saying it annoyed the shit out of me and continues to do so. It got to the point of annoying the shit out of you. I think it kind it of just... always did. Like, I didn't really like the attention of like, oh my God, you're bumping. Oh my God, you're getting so big. Like, oh my God, you look like you're about to pop. Like, those comments never were like cool to me. <laughs> I was never like, oh, thanks for saying I look big or huge or round. Like, <laughs> Never was that ever like fun, you know, or like, oh, you're getting um, those spots, those melasma spots I got when I was pregnant. Like, thanks so much for <laughs> recognizing that. I think it like bring brought me back to being like the first kid in grammar school that had acne and like someone pointing that out. And I was just like, what a fucker. Like, obviously I know that I'm broken out, but like you bringing it to my attention or someone else's like I don't know I just well I do think that as you got further along um, in the pregnancy you were wanting more to be more secluded and by nature I think you're a little bit that way so that didn't help yeah (laughs) that didn't help Um, also like when you're navigating questioning you know figuring out like sort of what you want your next steps to look like like what's it going to look like after you have the baby like what types of decisions are you making about, you know, breastfeeding or diapers or, you know, all of that feels like it's under a microscope because people are wondering and curious and all those things. And it's like the constant questioning and then feeling like, well, am I making the right decision? And having to like be behind that to other people feels felt like a lot, especially, you know, going back to my design, I'm a manifester. So the manifestors always want other people to be happy with them. And that really holds them back because their mission is to be like trailblazing in a way that not everyone will understand or feel comfortable with. So like me making decisions that other people around me haven't made and like having to feel like I needed to defend those has been so annoying, especially when we're getting nearer and nearer. Because at the end of the day, like I think most pregnant people and most moms, like we're all just figuring it out. Like I might have these plans, but they might change. So like having to define those decisions and answering those questions, like, 
you, when is the you baby got over it fast. No, I still get really annoyed. Well, now we're sheltering you at home. You don't have to be around those people anymore. No, people still text me and I get aggravated with them, including people that we're related to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all love. It's all because they love you and they're so excited for you. So I think I've been trying to temper your, <laughs> your um, frustration with them by reinforcing the fact that they it's all because they care so much. So Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that. I understand that that's their perspective and that. Um, and you really have been such a cute pregnant lady that I don't blame them for sort of seeking you out. You, you really have been such a cute sweet. little preggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, we've gotten through it. Um, I'm almost. Almost 39 weeks pregnant. We've almost gotten through it. Almost, it, right. The story's not... It's not. Um, over just yet. But I, yeah, I I want to like talk about specific things, um, maybe in like writing or other mini podcasts. So if there's anything that anyone has questions about, I want them to sort of reach out. And um, this is going to be the first episode of a new season and like a relaunch of Raw Talk with Sheena, which has some amazing guests coming up. So tune into that. Um, So excited for it to be back. I'm so proud of you you for doing it again. Thank you. Picking it back up. And um, the next time we talk, there may be... Some crying in the background. (laughs) Us three plus Perla. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks, babe. Love you. Love you.